The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. New court documents have revealed that sex tapes are alleged to have been taken of Prince Andrew, former President Bill Clinton and Sir Richard Branson by Jeffrey Epstein. The documents have been unsealed as part of a civil claim by Prince Andrew's accuser, Virginia Giffray, against uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, which was filed in 2015 and ultimately settled in 2017. Now, to give us more detail on this and also on some of the special prosecutor's evidence against Donald Trump, we're joined by Terry Sheridan, Managing Editor of WSHU Public Radio. Uh, Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning to you, Pat. Now, uh, what exactly are these court documents and what do they allege? Well, as you said, this goes back to a 2015 deposition uh, in relation to a lawsuit filed by Virginia Jufri. Now, one of uh, Epstein's victims, Sarah Ransom, testified during that deposition that an unnamed friend had sexual intercourse multiple times with Clinton, Prince Andrew and Richard Branson, and that she had tapes and that you clearly saw these people's faces, but but you did not see Jeffrey Epstein. However, she has not produced the tapes and has also gone on to say that these tapes didn't exist, that she made it up. And this was in an interview in the New Yorker magazine and with the New York Post. So immediately... Um, Spokespeople for Clinton, Branson, and, and and not Prince Andrew yet, but they have said that these charges are are false and that she was just making it up. Now, um, why are they being released at this stage, uh, particularly if the provenance of the claims is is uh, extremely doubtful? Well, again, the, they're releasing all the documents from the depositions in this lawsuit. Now, again, this is a civil case. Different rules of law apply than in a criminal case. But it was felt that in the greater in the interest of the greater public good to release all the documents relating to this, who was being accused, who was perhaps involved. And it was Jufri herself who put forward the motion that the judge agreed with to release names of anyone who was mentioned in the documents, who was uh, not a victim unless they self-identified themselves. Uh, so, in spite of the fact that there may be nothing at all to the, these claims that there were tapes, um, you know, the, 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 those public figures can be uh, pilloried, made fun of, humiliated. Absolutely. And I mean, again, now, one of the things we did mention just now was that Donald Trump was also mentioned in the tapes that he, again, was accused by ransom of having sex multiple times with multiple underage girls. So what's playing out now in this country is that the Democrats are pointing at Trump and looking at him. The Republicans are pointing at Clinton and look at him and look at their, you know, what they're calling despicable behavior. Yeah. Um, But if both are guilty of despicable behavior, um, President Clinton is not the one running for office. Uh, Donald Trump is. Absolutely. Someone said to me yesterday, wouldn't it be something if Donald Trump escapes all the trials but is ultimately brought down by Jeffrey Epstein? Um, Again, we know that both Bill Clinton and Donald Trump did have a relationship with Epstein. We know that they both traveled on the plane. Clinton has said that he did it on humanitarian missions. Donald Trump said he was doing it on business um, occasions. But we know that despite their putting their arms out, that they both did have a relationship with Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. All right, uh, we'll see how all of that evolves. Is that the end of the trove of documents or is there more to come? 
Uh, we're expecting one more batch. There was about 230 documents all in all that were set to be released. Uh, I think we have about 207 as of the moment. So we could see one, one or two more releases. Now, the other odd story that's uh, doing the rounds is uh, the uh, defence chief, Austin, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defence. Um, he was hospitalised, but it appears he told very few people and certainly not the right people. That's absolutely right. He didn't tell the president. <laughs> the White House was caught off guard when it came out that that he was hospitalized uh, for his condition. So right now, again, Austin is is on the defense, no pun intended, um, that, you know, he's saying, well, you know, this was personal. Yes, I should have done better. I should have I should have alerted the right people, as you said. But but he didn't. So. We'll see how far we'll see how far this goes. But again, it's another blow to uh, as far as Republicans are concerned, his credibility. Yeah. Uh, And what happened, his deputy did step in to uh, take up his duties, but at a very late stage. Absolutely. And again, considering everything that's going on in the world right now, whether it's in Ukraine, whether it's in Gaza, it was not the right time to 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 tap out, so to speak. Now, let's uh, talk uh, about Trump. And uh, Biden is focusing more and more of his attacks on uh, Trump uh, as if this might be a winning play in the election of uh, this year uh, and a threat to democracy and asking, what are we? Is this what we are as Americans? That's right. I mean, and again, it started almost it's been going on before, but since the new year, it has become what he's been talking about. It's also become what uh, his surrogates are talking about. Bernie Sanders wrote uh, an article about how Trump is a threat to American democracy and the American political system. Um, an interesting thing, and this this caught my eye, is that it was a routine box that was uh, put out onto the ballot or when you um, get on the ballot in the state of Illinois. It was put in in the 1950s during the height of the McCarthy era in which you check and you say, I will not attempt to overthrow the government. It's been a routine check for every political candidate in Illinois since then. Donald Trump did not check that box off. Uh, he didn't also check. The, he did in 2016. He did in 2020. He didn't do it this year. So just an interesting thing that kind of feeds into that narrative that uh, President Biden is doing. Yeah. Uh, so is it too late for him to kind of sign if this becomes something of an embarrassment that he he promises not to overthrow the state on that particular box ticking exercise? Uh, or is that now his position that he will not tick such a box? His spokespeople say that he will win the election. So the point is moot uh, that he will be sworn in as president on January 20th, 2025. Now, uh, Biden is calling Trump a a loser, a loser of elections, losing recounts, losing court cases. Uh, His ally, Rudy Giuliani, just lost 148 million in a defamation case uh, because of election fraud and what he did to those uh, people in Georgia. Fox losers because they had to pay out 800 million dollars to settle uh, a legal case. And of course, Trump himself uh, is down for hundreds of millions in New York. Absolutely. I mean, and and, um, New York Attorney General Letitia James last week, uh, if you will, raised the ante and and has increased what she says Trump should pay in penalties by tens of millions of dollars uh, based on the evidence that came out in court. 
So, yes, 2024 is going to be a wild year for Donald Trump and for the American Republic. He's got at least two cases right now that he's pressuring the Supreme Court to hear. One is whether he has absolute immunity when he was president, that anything he did could not be ruled illegal. And then the other is whether he can be on the ballot in the Colorado primary, not to mention, as you said, Georgia, the two federal cases against him, the civil case in New York. And there still is a criminal case in New York that the first one that was filed last March that will be coming to trial sometime this spring. Hmm. Now, in the meantime, um, it appears that the special counsel has uncovered, um, well, he's probably known this for some time, but it's been revealed now uh, through, uh, I don't know whether it's a media leak or not, but it's certainly out there now, uh, something of Trump's behaviour on January the 6th and those who tried to get him to do something and he simply was not interested. Yeah, ABC News reported that Dan Scavino, he's Trump's former deputy chief of staff, said that Trump didn't, he was very angry on January 6th, um, but he wouldn't do anything to calm down those who were at the Capitol, to tell him to stop, to, to tell him to withdraw. We had, and, and again, this accusation or this testimony comes from a Republican. So it's not as if it's a Democrat that's saying this. We had learned earlier, I mean, there's the famous catch-up throwing incident. Uh, we know that, or we had heard, and this was immediately after January 6th, that he was upset at, at the protesters at how they looked and that he didn't think they were doing, showing their best, just the way that they presented themselves. And I'll point to the shaman or I'll point to some of the others who came out. So, again, and we've heard from or we've seen texts from, um, you know, Fox News personalities, other people that have been made public through the January 6th uh, House committee, that his behavior was he didn't like the way the protests were portrayed, you know, that they were not of his caliber and that he wasn't interested in doing anything. The famous quote, I guess they're more upset than you, Kevin, referring to Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy begging him to do something about uh, it and the, his notion that uh, the protesters were more upset about Trump losing the election or thinking he'd won it, etc., uh, than Kevin McCarthy appeared to be. And then when he was told that Vice President Mike Pence had to be rushed to a secure location, he said, so what? Yeah, absolutely. And and there was, I mean, that was, that was the least of it. I mean, I'm going to paraphrase here, but there was at one point where he said he had, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, that he had it coming, that if he would have done the right thing, it wouldn't have been in the, he wouldn't be in this position now. Yeah, there was a whole series of people begging him to do things, including his own daughter, who obviously had watched the whole thing unfold. And uh, she went along to beseech her father uh, to, you know, dial it back. Absolutely. There was Ivanka. Uh, uh, again, there was Sean Hannity. There were other um, other Fox News personalities. There were other people in and out of the administration who were texting, do something. And they were more concerned about how it looked and about how his legacy would be portrayed than really anything. But they were telling him to back off, call them out. And uh, again, I may have the, the hours and minutes wrong, but it wasn't until about five o'clock that that afternoon, you know, like a good four hours after after the event started that he finally went out and said, you know, please go home. Yeah. And in the meantime, when uh, those who tried to persuade him to to issue some sort of a calming message had given up on that for for the moment, uh, Trump then posted a message on his Twitter account saying that Pence 
didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. So even at that point, as the riots were unfolding on Capitol Hill, um, (laughs) he was not interested uh, in doing anything for Mike Pence. Rather, he blamed him for not doing his bidding against the, the Constitution. Right. I mean, again, I remember I'm going back three years now, remembering that afternoon and there was silence from the White House from the first time we saw the pictures, you know, here in New York of what was going on. What's happening? What's he? There was silence until, as I said, you know, four hours later. Um, And again, it was unbelievable. And then at first they were he was throwing shade at Nancy Pelosi. Well, Nancy Pelosi should have, you know, called in the National Guard and Nancy Pelosi should have done this. But it was all under his all under his watch and under his orders that or his administration's orders as well, that nothing was to be done with the National Guard unless directed by the president of the United States. Um, Then uh, Jared Kushner, Ivanka's uh, husband, Uh, He came in and tried to persuade Trump and he had more success. Uh, Trump agreed to record a video for release uh, and it was posted on Twitter at quarter past four. And he said, this was a fraudulent election, but we have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You're very special. And this is and I, I think he called it when a sacred election has been stolen or words to that effect. And um, and again, if memory serves me right, he talked about it being a special day that they will not forget. Yeah, and that's for sure. And then it turned out that the message was effective, which shows that had he done something earlier, uh, the crowd might have dispersed without uh, some of the violence that ensued and some of the deaths which were caused uh, on uh, January the 6th. Because after that Twitter message went out, they did calm themselves down and started to make their way out of there, although some, of course, uh, were arrested uh, on the spot, many more arrested in the days and weeks subsequent to January the 6th. Right. I mean, again, those who were inside and those who were causing the damage, who weren't arrested, yes, they were the ones that started to leave. And yes, when when President at the time, President Trump spoke, um, they listened and they to use a tactical term, they withdrew, you know, and that came as also more reinforcements finally showed up at the Capitol. All right. Well, look, it's um, a business that keeps on uh, giving us more and more information. And of course, the Supreme Court will be adjudicating. We'll talk about that when the time comes. But uh, Terry Sheridan, managing editor of WSHU Public Radio. Terry, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.